Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We're excited to talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Let's dive into Matthew 25. There's just three parables. One is talking about the parable of the ten virgins, which in my own words is saying, be ready for Jesus' return. Yep. The second parable is talking about being a good steward with what God has given you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That third parable is dealing with judgment and the separation of the sheep and the goats. So let's kick it off right away. Um, Yeah. The virgins and the bridegroom coming back. What's what's the takeaway for you here? Well, I mean, there's no one that's more ready than your grandparents as they get ready and pack for a, a flight. Like, I've noticed this. So, like, your parents, my parents, like, it's like preparation to the max. Like, let's print like a, off a everything. Advance. Let's get everything, like, in a folder. Yeah. Um, hmm. Let's get packed up, and then let's check the packing. And then, okay, flight's at, you know, 9 a.m. We got to be there minimum. At 5 a.m. Five, minimum 5 a.m. Like, that's, <laughs> 5 a.m.'s pushing it. And <laughs> Four hours early. Forget the two hours early. Anyway, so I I joke here, but I mean, what a clear picture. And that's what these first verses are saying, too. You know, just about, wow, I have a frog in my throat. About preparations, I know. And um, what I love about preparations is, and and I'm not really like, uh, I'm Clark and I are more of the like, how can we keep our kids, you know, quiet and happy for the hour and a half before the flight? So anyway... We're on that side of it. Anyway, what what's so wonderful about preparations, though, is it actually in your preparing, you're celebrating because mm-hmm. you're envisioning the time. Like you're envisioning what is to come. You're mm-hmm. envisioning and, and in your waiting, you are waiting well by preparing. And yeah. by, in that, you know, there's surrender and there's obedience and, and, and all of that in your preparations. But really, it's celebrating because like these people and here with their uh, with their wicks. Word. And, you know, trimming, keeping their lamps trimmed and that kind of stuff. Um, they're excited. And yeah. so that's why they wait well. Yeah, they're I th- celebrating. I think that waiting and preparedness mm-hmm. is a moment by moment preparation mm-hmm. where you're invited now to walk in step with the Holy Spirit. And then that leads sure. to a daily following of Jesus, walking in step with the Holy Spirit. You're in the Word. You're at church every week. You're in group. You're mm-hmm. repenting of your sin. You're quoting the scriptures. You're speaking of Jesus. These are things we just do. And that's part of waiting and being ready. Um, Mm -hmm. But you also join in the work of the spirit. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like this waiting is twofold. One, like this parable speaking directly, it's like the coming of Jesus. But on the flip side of the coin, our time on earth could end here at any minute. And we don't know when that's going to be. And I don't say that to stir up fear in your heart, but... You have to take that seriously that I'm not sure we what, don't what know. tomorrow's going to happen yeah. alone five minutes from now. Yeah. And so don't push off the things of God and the invitation of God. Romans 2, 4 talks about how we should not show contempt um, in receiving God's forbearance and his kindness and his patience um, in that his kindness is meant to lead us to repentance. Right. And his patience is meant to lead us to repentance. So mm-hmm. there's not... This long leash, it's like, I'm going right. to do what I want on Friday. If I'm able to wake up on, on Sunday morning, you know, after the long weekend, maybe I'll go to church. Like, ditch that mentality and go, God's got something better for me right now. Mm. I don't know when my time on earth is going to end, 
But when you look at the rest of this parable, the imagery given is the oil and and the lamps, right? And so when the bridegroom shows up, all Mm. the ladies are there. They all have their lamps. Right. But the difference between them is who has something of substance in the lamp. Mm -hmm. And so when you think of the Old Testament, oil was such a representative of of anointing. Mm -hmm. Where for the Christian now, that's the Holy Spirit. And so when God comes back and he looks inside of us, what's right. going to separate us, which we'll get to that in a moment, the sheep and the goats, is not our deeds, is not our morality, is not our bank account. It's not oil. It's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's going to be the one that testifies, like, Jesus, right. I'm your spirit. Your work on the cross has been applied to this person. And so we have to take that really seriously now. Hmm. And, yeah, it's, it's a good gift. It's a good word. Um, you can, it, as you keep going, the parable of the talents is kind of like the same message just rolled up and presented differently. Just yeah. kind of, um, <clears throat> what are you doing with what you have and what, with what you have, what, what God's given you, mm-hmm. what are you doing? And so what stuck out to you there, Clark? Yeah. I, when you look, read verses 14 and 15, it says again, yeah. it would be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. So one, he gave five bags of gold to another two bags and to another one bag, each Mm -hmm. according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. So just pausing there, acknowledging that God has given all of us different skill sets, different resources, different networks and relationships and Mm -hmm. connectivity. And that's okay. It is just how God designed it. And you to trust that God's good and Mm -hmm. he knows what's best. In verse 14, it says he entrusted his wealth to them. Mm-hmm. And so at me having to pause and reflect and look at what I do have when it comes to, you know, money, when it comes to skills and abilities, when it comes to relationships and, and, and networking, thank you, God, for entrusting me right. to this. When you entrust something to somebody, it comes with great responsibility. It's not just like, hey, here's the keys of my car. Do whatever you want with it. When I entrust to you my... <laughs> 2005 Dodge Caravan with 230,000 miles. I'm entrusting you to make sure this thing's got four wheels on it when it comes back and still starts. Like I, that thing's got to get me to the the funeral I got to do on Tuesday or or whatever. But the entrusting comes with a responsibility. And Mm. so we have to actually pause. I encourage you to do that today. Reread verses 14 through 30 and ask God, God, would you show me what you've entrusted me? With yeah. It might be people, it might be influence, it might be some platform, it might be resources. I mean, there are people at our church who own businesses and are using their businesses to hire people who probably wouldn't be hired anywhere else. Right. And it's like, wow, you get it. You understand oh, that yeah. you've been entrusted by God with these things. Mm-hmm. But what's so interesting about the the person that ends up taking that one bag and burying it, mm-hmm. and if you get to the end of that pastor that passage, the, the first two that had the five and the mm-hmm, two bags of gold mm-hmm. were commended and they were given more. When it comes to the last one who dug the hole in the ground and put the gold there, the master replied, you wicked and lazy mm-hmm. servant. You knew that I harvest where I've not sown and gathered where I've not scattered seed. Mm-hmm. You should have put my money on deposit with the banker. So when I returned, I received it back with interest. And what happens here, it seems so harsh, but the difference between the first two servants that took the gold put it to good Mm -hmm. use, made money, gave it back to the master, and the one who buried it in the ground and didn't do anything to was was their focus. It was their mentality. Mm. I believe that the the third one was focused on himself. 
hmm. going like, hey, you know, how can I save my bacon? I don't want to take a risk. Right. If I just bury this in the ground, I'll be able to, at least I will be able to give this back to him. And I will say, I didn't lose what you gave me. Whereas mm. the mentality of the first two servants doesn't get into the details of this, but I have in my head mm-hmm. their ability of going, God, God's entrusted me with this. How can I grow it and make it better mm. so I can, I can with joy give it back to him when he returns? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like giving a birthday present or something. Like You have the sense of joy and excitement of delivering this good and pleasing gift to, to the one who has authority over your life. That's exciting. And the mentality is different. It's like playing to win and playing not to lose. If you play not to lose, you're going to lose. You play to win. You take risks. You go. You use what God gave you. You just trust that God's going to make the most of it in and through your effort, right? And it's all God's grace. It's all God's gift. But we still have responsibility. Well, that's what it's about is stewarding. Yeah, you're just called a steward. And I think one of the things that encourages me about this too, just now bringing it to like today, is... Like who you are in Christ and what you've been given and your giftings and all of that, um, that, that can look like so many different things. Mm -hmm. So for instance, like what, what I'm thinking of here is, um, I I think about Emmanuel arts and how Emmanuel arts is literally made of, of professionals who have been in, in the field of music and the arts in other places and, and they've been using that gift, whether mm-hmm. it's been teaching and, and how that's been, you know, a means of feeding their family also, or it's been, uh, it's been dancing and that's been a means of worship, uh, for like a company or something. And so I'm literally talking about Andy and Stella yeah. and how they have used their gift that God's given them in, in, in such different capacities and who would have ever have known. I, I don't think they would say that they did even a few years ago that they would be teaching now at Emmanuel Arts using the same gift, like using their talents, stewarding their talents in a totally different way. And what I love about it is I think we're just scratching the surface specifically with that ministry. Oh, totally. I think the return on that spiritually is going to be that fivefold, not twofold. Yeah. We have more people coming in the the spring, you know, um, what do you call it? Showcase. The showcase is going to be phenomenal again. Well, there's a showcase now too that's happening. So happy showcase too. We were just talking about our neighbor. Oh, to Broadway. Kate, yeah, DeMaster. Yeah. And they're Valley doing Christians. their talents there. Yeah, you get to see these students using their dancing abilities and singing abilities for entertainment, but ultimately for the glory of God. Yeah. It's, it really is an amazing show. I mean, one last word, there. what you were, you were talking about, I think it's like key here too, is just kind of the mindset of... Um, the servants and yeah. how literally, you know, the one servant says, master, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you would not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. And I think that just speaks to that. Like, are we operating from a place that's uh, fearful or are we operating at from a place that's hopeful and trusting? Yeah. Um, and so that's a good question too, just to stop. And like you said, kind of examine, okay, Lord, what have you entrusted me with? Mm-hmm. And now also at the end of the passage, stop and say, okay, Lord, what am I doing with what you've entrusted me For with sure. here? Now let's hop to the end here. This is the sheep and the goats verses 31 through 46. Mm-hmm. And really this is talking about how when Jesus, the son of man comes in his glory, the angels with him, he's going to sit on the throne. The nations are going to be gathered before mm-hmm. him. And he's going to separate people from another as a shepherd separates his sheep from the goats. I'm going to put the sheep on the right, the goats on the left. And so the sheep represent those who 
are the people of God have repented of their sin and truly believe in Jesus' death, resurrection, mm-hmm. ascension, promise to come again, where the goats have nothing to do with the sheep and they shouldn't even be together. What, what stands out to you from from that portion of the passage? Uh, from that portion of it. Well, I think just the reality that, so we talk about this language again, you guys, you know and recognize the Son of Man language because we've talked about yeah, that Daniel. with the Daniel series. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so much of our culture now today just says like, no, like this isn't, that's not how it's going to happen. Um, you know, I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's not going to be like that. Yeah. And this is where, we, well, you know, we just, we come back to truth and we say, um, well, you know, this is what the Bible says and this is who we believe God is. And another like tidbit here that I want to bring in from the first parable and the second parable is actually looking toward this with hope and excitement because of who we are in Christ. Yeah. But then also like the parables of the tenants, not fear. Because I think that's one of those things too. We look at this and we focus on like the separating. We focus on like what does that mean and the groups and and I think that I think those are good questions. But as you sit in the scripture, what lifts for me is that the Son of Man in His glory and all of His angels will sit. Like hmm. that's the focus. Yeah, you know. And so, what sticks out to you from that section? It's just the very end where God's basically said, "If you're a true sheep, mm-hmm. then you're going to." do what sheep do or you're going to do like what right. I've called you to do. If you're mm-hmm. a goat, you're not going to do the things of God nor the things of the kingdom of God. Well, Pastor Ken has talked about this and his language is always so gracious because he, he says this in a way that I'm just like, that makes so much sense where he says, if you have lived 80 years not honoring God, then God is going to honor that at the end of the 80 years. Yeah. He's going to give you what you've asked for. And, and I just, that makes so much sense. And so, Yeah. And so I, I like, think, yeah. like verses 30, 43 and 44. And, and when the strangers look at the Lord going, wait, what are you talking about? Mm. God's going to say, I was that stranger and you didn't yeah. invite me in. I needed clothes. You did not clothe me. Mm-hmm. I was sick and in prison. You didn't look after me. They're going to say, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or mm. stranger or needing? He's like, whatever you did for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Now, flipping that away on the other side, though, is when you do love God, you will love your neighbor. Right. And that's a sign of a sheep. That's a sign yeah. of like following Jesus today. And so just to give you that encouragement as we head into the weekend and look forward to celebrating Sunday. We've got communion coming up. Can't wait to celebrate the Lord's Supper with you. Mm. Part of loving God, and it starts there receiving his love and loving him back, then it is turning to loving of the neighbor. And uh, that's the marker of a sheep. So have your eyes open and see, God, where are you inviting me to step in and follow you today, this weekend? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm excitedly going to do so. Amen, you guys. That's Matthew 25. So thanks for listening. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.